The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. a lovely Tuesday to listen to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarez, back with you on our Tuesday edition of this podcast. We've got a lot to talk about when it comes to the Giants game last week. We've also got some things to talk about when it comes to the Colts game next week. We've got a special guest in our hot seat, so a lot of things to get started with. Ladies, it's been a minute since we've had a chance to chat. The Cowboys are coming off that mini-bye. They played on Thursday, beat the Giants once again, 28-20. to I said in my five points recap last week, I know or earlier this week it's a rivalry, right? But I said what rivalry because it's just getting silly at this point <laughs> to consider the Cowboys a rival when um, Dak Prescott is quarterback. But we'll talk about that later. Cowboys coming off of a 12-day three-game stretch where they went 2-1. and one. They are 4-1 and one since Dak returned. A lot of really positive performances in that game, but I want to just start right there. Aisha, I'll go to you first. Who is your player of the game and why? Of the game, I would say, I would say C.D. Lamb. I think I said uh, C.D. Lamb yesterday. Just he is starting to take over games and spots when they need a guy to continue to make plays and his insurgence. And also, too, looking back at the game, he's starting to get that attention. Mm -hmm. He's starting to get that. Oh. Let me make sure I have an extra safety over there. And that, in turn, is opening up things for Michael Gallup and those guys to get going. So CeeDee Lamb emerging in this last couple of games has been big for me. Yesterday I said Michael Gallup, but I'm going to I'm gonna switch gears a little bit here because I've been sitting on this all morning. I'm going to say Leighton Vander Esch okay. is my okay, player sis. of the game because, you know, two weeks ago we are talking about the run defense and how that's kind of this defense is kryptonite. And I feel like Leighton Vander Esch came in with a very vintage-like wolf hunter approach to fixing this run defense and his tackling is so worth noting i went back and i watched some of the key uh points from thursday's game this man's tackling has improved so much over the course of the last few weeks but even just since last season you look at how he tackles he's not tackling forward anymore it's not giving that extra yardage to you know those those receivers or those backs but Leighton Vandresh is really impressing me. He's leading the league right now in tackles, I believe, and he just is coming out swinging uh, this season, and I love to see that for him. I love that you said CD. That is my honorable mention, and not only because, but in the locker room, whenever everyone on the sideline was like, bro, you have two hands, use them. So, of course, the natural <laughs> question to ask in the locker room is, why were you not using Such two hands? Such a good question, by And CD said, quite frankly, they were holding my left hand all day. Like, I had mm. to make the play, I had to do something, so I was using one hand. So, uh, we love a guy who is confident with just one hand as well as both of them. He does very well with both. I also sat on this a lot because I wanted to naturally go defense. I think the easy question or the easy answer was Micah Parsons. You yeah. know, getting two sacks continues to be a menace, but I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that. And so I I picked a group. I picked the tight end group. And we're gonna break it down in just a minute why, but I think this tight end group is so special and at this point so necessary to the Cowboys' success this season. I they have such a secret weapon in that group. I asked Kellen Moore about it yesterday when it comes to having four tight ends on an active roster who can come in and make an impact, what that allows him to do creatively 
and here's what he had to say. I think it allows us, uh, certainly we can have some depth in those positions, so we're not one guy away. You know, sometimes the tight end needs a break and whatnot. When you have four of them, we can go into with some of those packages knowing if one guy's out, we still got enough depth there, and so that's huge. And uh, those guys just do such a good job. They're really smart players, so they can handle all these different roles. And, and uh, you know, we're going to run the football in it, but we can also spread people out, and we, we can play in empty sets with those tight ends, and they can run the receiver route tree. And so uh, it's been fun for those guys to see their growth, especially the young guys, to see them, them grow in those roles. So that's Kellen on the creativity. And after hearing that yesterday, I kind of wanted to dig a little bit more. I took a page out of your book, so yes. I hope you're proud of me in this. And this is some of the research that I found from this. This all comes from Next Gen Stats. So the Cowboys have played 54.6% of their snaps in 11 personnel, which means they have one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers on the field. Their next highest would be 12 personnel uh, at 25.6%. But... They have a 53% success rate in plays that 12 in that 12 personnel grouping. And here's where it gets fun. The more tight ends they have on the field, the higher rate of success they have when it comes to converting plays. They're getting an average of eight yards per play, six yards per play, as opposed to the three, the two, whatever it takes. So my question for you guys, how is having that many skilled tight ends on a roster bode well for the Cowboys? How can they utilize that group going into this last, arguably most important part of the season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the 11 personnel that you're talking about, it doesn't surprise me that the percentage is somewhat close, but with 12 personnel, the uh, tight ends being receiving options, I, I really believe, is what changes, tips the tide. And them also having the ability to block and get out and also make and, and catch passes. But with 11 personnel, you're relying on those wide receivers to create separation and to get open on their own to some degree. So I understand that with them being in for extra blocking, teams don't know if this guy's going to break out for a quick out or if he's really in there run blocking those plays and you see that with um with my bad with Jake Ferguson and uh Peyton Hendershot they're they're getting DBs and linebackers to bite mm -hmm. because they think that this is a run play and they're selling it and that's allowing them to get out and be receiving options you got a vertical threat and a guy that has athleticism it's there's versatility in this room and then with Sean McEwen McCune, rather, McCune. He has the ability also to be a passing option, but his blocking has been so important. So important to what they do. And it's also helped with this offensive line and to drive this offensive line to, um, success. So that makes so much sense that they're seeing so much more success with more tight ends on the field. Yeah, and I think, you know, Aisha hit the nail right on the head, but the versatility, yes. it allows for more versatility. It allows for more of a threat. And we've talked about how, you know, this Cowboys offense Offense. They don't have that one threat that, you know, an OBJ might bring where it instills fear into opposing defenses. When you have a core tight end group like this, you don't know what you're going to get. Like Aisha said, oh, hey, Fergie's on the field. What are we getting with Fergie? Are we going to get hurdled? Are we going to get some pass pro in there? And, you know, something I know Tony Pollard has been a little scrutinized on is the pass pro. So I think if anything can come in and help take that off of him, help the pass pro a little bit, that is always a great option. Of course, it uh, opens up the RPO, the run pass option for Dak. And most importantly, I think when we're talking about this identity of this offense, it's the run game, right? And mm -hmm. so when you have these tight ends that can not only go in and obviously be an option for more of a wide receiver core, but uh, that pass pro unity 
oh man, you have you have Zeke and you have Tony Pollard. You have that one-two punch that is going to just eat yardage completely throughout the game. So I think it just allows for more versatility within the Cowboys offense overall. Here's what I like the most about this group. We talked last week about, from a defensive standpoint, how do you help the run game? It's by doing your job. I don't think there's a single group in this locker room that knows and understands their roles better than the tight ends. You have Dalton Schultz, the guy who's going to find the end zone. He's old reliable for Dak Prescott. You got Jake Ferguson, who you have to respect at this point. He's big. He's athletic. He'll juke you if you're the Eagles. He'll leap you (laughs) if you are the Giants. I'm excited to see what he will do coming up this week against the Colts, so you have to respect him as a playmaker. You've got Peyton Hendershot, who's fast, potentially a deep threat. We just talked about that before the game, and he can run like a running back, right? And then you have Sean McEwen, who comes in and can block. Just does his job. (laughs) Every single one of these guys you have to respect because they provide such a different facet of what it means to be a tight end. And I think, or I hope, rather, that the Cowboys will lean on them a little bit more as options and providing that spark for the offense because we've talked a lot about where the offense has struggled. They just didn't have a spark. You just said it. So hopefully with this tight end group, I think it will start to – kickstart maybe a little bit we'll see against the Colts I also think something worth noting too is this tight end group is so close-knit not just on the field obviously but you see off the field on the sounds of the sideline and all of that but you even take it back a notch you remember that closeness with Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin Mm -hmm. uh, you know when Jarwin was still on the team and so I think what's awesome to see is Dalton Schultz really bringing that same energy and that same tight-knit closeness that he had with Jarwin into this younger tight end core and really showing them the ropes and you know knowing that yes this is a team this is a team thing right and and not being selfish with those reps because he very easily could be like hey guys I'm the vet in the room this is my stuff but the fact that they know how to spread out so well and just not be selfish with those reps I think that's incredible and Dalton talked about that after the game when he was asked you know like are you okay with this type of football that you're playing in that tight end room and he said yeah my favorite part about these guys is that we just we do it together yeah we we champion I think the celebration really embodied who they are as a group you know Peyton gets the touchdown but he turns around before anything and he's He's waving his guys over and gets the entire group to celebrate. So I love that for them. I hope to see them continue. I believe that they will. So we will keep an eye on that. Of course, with the good always comes the bad. It was not a perfect performance from the Cowboys' perspective. Jess, I was trying my hardest to find something in the building that would even (laughs) remotely look like shot glasses because I was going to bring them down here. (laughs) I have water. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know we laugh about it a lot, but Again, doing some digging, we talk a lot about the penalties and and how much of an impact they can make on the game. Uh, Thursday's game in particular, that it really was an issue. 13 flags cost them 86 yards. They have 36 pre-snap penalties this season alone. So it kind of got me thinking, you know, they led the league last year in penalties. Where do they stand out this year? They have been better, but how much better? Well, not much. They're in second. Only second to the Denver Broncos. Um, so we're some, not first. That's, yeah, we're not first. Good. We're second in total penalties in 2022 with 83. Last season was 127, so we're not that far I off. I mean, here's a nice stack up. Like, when you go through them, it's like five. Mm-hmm. Five this game. Yeah. Two this game. Eight. What in the world? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like... 
some games they'll have they've had a couple spans of games where it's like oh okay okay and yeah. then it's just like, like boom it's like, like today we're better. We're like like Thursday better. yeah boom thirteen penalties it's you know? almost like they feel like they need to make up they're like oh like man we only had three last week <laughs> stop <laughs> you know what you know what I love me a good pun and y'all know this and Aisha's heard this before Haley oh, I haven't told you this puns yet. and penalties so baby. I was talking Let's to a football genius a couple weeks ago uh, about my 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 knack for for keeping track of penalties on the podcast and uh you know he said it's like mustard on the lettuce so lettuce is green you have mustard that goes on the lettuce i quit eh? <laughs> well and it was it was more jazz was, can we do we have a sound effect listen, for the no, mustard no, no. on the it, lettuce it worked out better because it was the vikings game with a 40 burger so that's why it kind of tied together for a burger and mustard and lettuce. Yeah. But this week, you could also keep it food-related for Thanksgiving. However, what Jazzy, I was... Run me, run me that sound. No, Jazzy, no <laughs> sound. But what I was going to say... See, I think she agreed with me on that one. No, she did it. Jazzy, Jazzy. <laughs> no, so what I was going to say, though, is you were talking about the total count. And, of course, Chris sent me this incredible website. Thank you, Chris, uh, our other producer, for sending me this golden... This golden ticket of all things penalties but um 83 penalties so far this season for 626 yards that is the problem so we always joke and and the running joke is i talk about penalties but when you're costing when you have 83 penalties that have cost you 626 yards this season that's a huge issue because to me you know my biggest problem with the amount of penalties against the giants is Yes, it's the Giants. You can get away with 13 penalties and obviously still pull out a win. When you're talking later on down the road, when you're talking, you know, potential playoff games and and things like that, that essentially is what cost the Cowboys a playoff win against the 49ers last season when you look at that. So my thing is you're already stacking up that yardage, the penalties, the, the counts of everything. I don't want it to come back around and be a full circle moment that we do not want to see that costs them a bigger game down the road. That's that's my biggest issue with it. Yeah. I agree. And like I said, I know we pick fun at Jess about it, but it is a serious conversation. We pick fun just because we she says the word penalties because all the they time. love me. But but it is true. Now, Mike McCarthy did speak about it yesterday, yeah. uh, particularly when it came to the pre-snap penalties. I think that's what he kind of was alluding to. And he said, yeah, we have a lot of pre-snap penalties because we're trying to be aggressive. We're trying to get the guys to all be on the same page when it comes to Dak's new cadence. We're trying to make sure that we're being aggressive. That's kind of been the running theme for this offense is aggressive. And I think Kellen Moore talked about that yesterday too. Um, but when it, I guess my question is, and Aisha, I'll go to you for this, how much is too much when it comes to that aggressiveness? What's what's the risk reward of, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have these pre-snap penalties, but I'm okay with it because do you see what I'm trying to say? Does yeah, that make I sense? think I think uh, that's what they're they're trying to find the balance right now. What's not helping is the turnovers too. Yeah. Is I want it's one of those things well, maybe you can overcome the turnover, but then to have the turnover and the penalty or the penalty that causes the turnover and then the turnover and they score points off of it. Because if you look back at even the Green Bay game and some of the Giants game, like they scored because of the penalties. Mm -hmm. And so the Cowboys have had this problem for a while, just getting out of their own way and being able to um, 
to you know make something happen after they've gotten behind the sticks. They struggle when they're behind the sticks. Now, granted, Dak has made up for some of that stuff because you were in third and longs this game and stuff because yeah. of the penalties, and he was able to do that. But again, depending on that and that aggressiveness puts you in situations where you could have turnovers again. So. I, right now, I feel like they're just trying to find the balance, and it's a difficult place to be in to be like, I want to be aggressive, mm-hmm. but there's there's bad that comes out of that. Yeah, and I'm just going down this list of, of uh, players within the Cowboys team that has the most penalties. Tyler Smith having the most so far this season with eight. He has six offensive holding penalties and four false start penalties. That is to me, on-the-job training. And I'm not making excuses for him, but we hear that a lot when it comes to this coaching staff is talking about the the on-the-job training. I think Tyler Smith has held up his own very well this season. So, you know, to me, okay, we're going to see that, but this is the time of the season those things need to start getting a little bit more hunkered down on because it could cost you a game. Yeah, and uh, I think what I really appreciated about Mike McCarthy yesterday talking about penalties was he said, we went through every single pre-snap penalty that we have had this season, and we watched it over Mm -hmm. and over again. So for me, I, I think the biggest question is, how do you coach that? How do you fix that? What's the solution? It's that. It's it's that. It is watching and kind of just learning the muscle memory to not make those mistakes anymore. So to me, Mike McCarthy's doing his due diligence in making sure that it's taken care of. It's just you have to execute. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I am disappointed that you guys didn't bring up Zach Martin's. Oh, uh, we did yesterday. Oh, yeah, we because did. Because it was blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. You can't pancake. I mean, that's like. I know. It's, it's one of those things where, um, is that a pancake or is it a whole? Everybody in shocking. the press, co- everybody in the press box when we saw the flag go out and we're like, <laughs> oh great, another holding penalty. But when the announcer in the press box was like, a holding on Zach Martin, everybody. I mean, if, if we all had water in our mouths, we all would have spit it out. It was nuts. Um, live, so. live. <laughs> yeah, take it back. So that was interesting. So yeah. a lot to clean up for the Cowboys when it comes to penalties. I'm sure they'll start addressing that. We'll get another chance to speak with Mike McCarthy on Wednesday. We are going to take our first break, but when we come back, we're going to get a chance to speak with our hot seat special guest here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap at the Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. 
Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We have another phenomenal guest joining us in our hot seat Tuesday. But first, we're going to go to Jess with a phenomenal read. Well, get cozy and join us at the Star for our most festive movie night yet. Movie nights at the Star presented by Monument Reality. Uh, Reality, I do that every time. (laughs) On November 30th features a Christmas classic, Elf. The show is free and open to the public beginning at 7 p.m. So for more info, you can visit thestarinfrisco.com. I love Elf. Mm, parents will be tackling more than them kids. Yeah. I know. Yep. It's not a good thing. out there acting Elf? <laughs> I'm not. Well, guys, it is Tuesday. We did miss our hot seat guest last week because of the condensed week with Thanksgiving. But I'm so excited to get back on track. And I am so excited for our guest we have Nikki Harrison, Director of Programming and Traffic. A little bit about Nikki before we give her the mic. She's in her 17th season with the Dallas Cowboys. She does programming and traffic, which I'm really excited to ask what that actually means because I always wonder. She went to the <laughs> University of North Texas. The. Go Mean Green. Go Mean Green. <laughs> and she's also done a little podcasting as well, so this is nothing unusual or uncomfortable for you. Nikki, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I have to say it's weird being on this side. <laughs> Not asking the questions, but being asked the questions. So, I, I I'm feel excited. Like we go. feel that way, too, sometimes, just yeah. having to be vulnerable and be in that situation. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we thank you for your time and expertise. I'm going to kick this off with just that. I have always... I've worked in newsrooms, so we always have a traffic coordinator as well. And yes, being in a newsroom, I always just assume traffic cars. <laughs> but that is not the case, I would guess, here. That is correct. So just tell us a little bit about what you do and what Absolutely. traffic means. So, so traffic, okay, traffic is making sure all of the sponsored elements are in the show and go where they go, like those reads that you have to read. <laughs> yes, and all of the commercials. So I manage all of that for English radio, English TV, um, digital signage here at the Star and at the stadium. What does it, and this is always a broad question and I love it because it just leads to so many avenues, but what does a average day for Miss Nikki Harrison look like? Mm. An average day is logs, logs, because I'm creating all of the logs for our programming that's happening the very next day and for the upcoming game. So, for example, We'll have programming on all of our flagship station tomorrow, and we've got TV shows. We've got a ton, you know, we've got a ton of video content that's being produced. I manage all of the podcasts that uh, take place. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw my, y'all can't see my face. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh Lord. Yes, ma'am. And then, um, then, in, as I'm preparing for the next day, I'm also preparing for the next game. So we've got a game on Sunday versus the Indianapolis Colts, and we've got digital logs that I have to get done, TV logs, radio logs. It's logs. A log and logs. Yes. Logs. <laughs> Nikki, how did you get to be at this point in your career? Give us a little lowdown on, you know, what you thought maybe you would be doing and then how this all ended up coming to light. Okay, so 
as uh, Haley said, I graduated from UNT go and green. go mean green. <laughs> and <It's a> requirement. <laughs> so you guys like may not know because you you are a lot younger than me. But MTV at the time showed music videos when I was in school, yes. and I wanted to be an MTV VJ. Oh, I, yes, ma'am. I, I, right. <laughs> I, I watched that. those I every morning. I could see that. I watched I those ready. every morning before school. Yep. I was planning to move to New York and take Lala's job, but I visited <laughs> New York for the first time, and I was like, oh, no. I, <laughs> I love the city, but I was like, I, I don't think I could live here like this by myself. So um, while I was still in school, I interned for the Dallas Mavericks. And, I mean, I never had aspirations of going into sports. I never played sports. I was a band nerd. I you know, took dance classes, played the piano. So sports was not on my radar at all. But once I interned for the Mavs, I loved it. And mm. one thing I would say is you build relationships and the yeah. people that you meet help you get to the next step. And that's how I got here. Yep. Yep. Been oh. here ever since. <laughs> I feel that way about Kyle because yes. Kyle Yeomans, who does all of mm -hmm. our podcasts, he's the same way. I give him credit for helping me be in this chair. So um, I love the connections there. Oh, I just did my oh, <laughs> I love the connections too. <laughs> so, do you have a read you. <laughs> that you remember that was like memorable? That was maybe a little <laughs> off the hinges, or it was something very funny that resonated with you, or it was important to you that you remember? Um, from from what? I don't, I don't know. Just I, I guess possibly just one of the reads that's come out that's maybe stuck with you. Like this was it, or it had, or some type of promotion that you have done that really stuck with you. Okay. Wow. It meant something to you. Wow. That's a that's a very good question. And and you know what typically happens is, um, I tend to think of what has happened most recently. Yes, you know what I mean. So probably one of the most recent things that I've been a part of was I got to MC for our community relations uh, department. Emily, you guys had yeah, Emily, we had Emily on. on. Yes, for her team, I MC'd a um, women's workshop at the at AT and T Stadium, and it was just helping women. Um, who were looking for a second chance, you know, trying to get back on their feet. Yes. And anytime I get the opportunity to be around women, to empower women, I'm all for it. Sign me up. Sign me up twice. I love you. You know, and so that happened about a month ago. Um, and it was great. You know, you walk away like, I did something good today. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Going off of that, thank you, Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> Going off of that, while I was reading through your bio, one of the things that resonated with me really well is your passion for storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the reason why I got into this business. And it's the premise of what I do in our pregame show every week is just reminding these people that, like, the Cowboys players who you root for and sometimes boo, they also have families. And you know what I mean? Absolutely. Where does that connection come from you? What drives you to be a storyteller and to share those type of messages and stories? Well, question. because that is an excellent question, um, because I love seeing the human side. You know, sometimes we forget that, like what you just said, they have a family. They are human beings. And what we're doing is we're, we're critiquing what they do as humans. as humans exactly so they make mistakes we make mistakes you know yeah. um but yes i just love seeing the human side and i feel like when you can tell a story start middle and end um th that just it just wraps it up in a way that that just is so feel good i don't know it's my favorite <laughs> part it's actually one of my favorite parts about when i when the cowboys draft a player and i start going into looking in depth with them i start with what are, you know, what's their rapport? What do people say about them? Their high, high school coaches. And mm -hmm. then also 
you know, their family life because I think so much of that plays into what they become as a player and what they put in and the time they put in and their story. So 100%. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. Nikki, mm-hmm. so as you know on this podcast, yes, we are yeah. all about women empowerment and making sure that the next generation of women know that although this is a male-dominated industry, we're mm-hmm. changing that and we're Correct. changing that drive. What is your advice to any of those little girls who maybe not – that don't think that your your avenue is possible for them. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? Oh, I love that. I would tell them to, number one, don't be afraid to dream big. Whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't. You can only be the person that can tell you that you can't. And what I said earlier is building those relationships they are so important because you never know who you're talking to could be the person that takes you to that next level, catapults you to that next level. So, yeah. I love that. Catapult to the next <laughs> level. Oh, I love that. I do, too. So you're an Ohio native, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Akron. Yes, ma'am. Akron, Ohio. Home of LeBron James. Yes, yes. So are we LeBron fans? All the way. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what was the path from... Ohio to North Texas, and then, you know, obviously, you know, you're here with the Cowboys, but what brought you to Texas? Really simple. My parents. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So (laughs) Akron is like Detroit, like Toledo. It's an old town. And when industry moved out, parents had to figure things out. And my father went back to school. And at the time, Texas, especially North Texas, was booming with jobs. And we moved down. My mom's a teacher, so she could she could have worked oh. anywhere. What does she yeah. teach? She t- well, she's retired now, okay. but she taught elementary. She taught every grade except oh. kindergarten. Yes. My mom is a teacher right now. I, anytime I get a chance to talk to anybody about teachers, Malik Hooker told me his mom was also a teacher yesterday, mm-hmm. so I'm like, yes, teachers. We have so much in common. Yes. I know. Go me green, <laughs> go teachers, go LeBron, all the things. I love it. <laughs> what would you say, two-part question here. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. What is the most challenging part of your job? What is the most rewarding part of your job? Ooh, ooh, gosh, you guys come with the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I would say the most challenging part of my job is um, not being able to control things. Mm. I like to control things sometimes. And when I'm waiting on things from other people, that kind of, but I've been doing it long enough to where I don't even like let it affect me like it used to. the greatest thing about my job is, seriously, honestly, the people I work with. I mean, it's a gift to be able to work with you ladies, to be able to work with the people upstairs, the people down here. I mean, and and it should be. You go to work with people, you spend your time with them more than you spend with your own family. Mm-hmm. You should yeah, like enjoy them. it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's the greatest part of my job. And you have the added benefit sometimes where your husband comes in and sits in the chair that you're sitting in as well. What's it like getting to work with Heckma? I mean, obviously you don't work directly with him, but Uh for both of you guys to be in the building often and seeing each other in the hallways, that kind of thing. Wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) You're like, back up, hold up. Breaking news. (laughs) And it's just like, breaking news for Aisha. (laughs) It's not really breaking news. Tater, yeah. tater tots. I didn't know that this whole time. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the you more you know. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> whoa, I was mind blown. <laughs> so it's, at first it was, I have to say it was weird. You know, it really was. It was, um, you know how you feel like you have your space. Yeah. And I felt like this was my space. <laughs> <laughs> so honest. But it's, 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 it's really, really great. And it's great to see him um, do something that he absolutely loves. And it comes so easily. I mean, he, he talked football in his sleep. You know, so it's it's really great. 
We love a good power couple on the podcast. You know, Nikki, what is something that you hope to do in, in, uh, you know, down the road for your career? What is a goal you have for yourself personally and maybe professionally as well? Oh, wow. That's so good. Okay. So I was recently promoted. So my role broadened. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I was at a point like this summer, I was in a point, not this summer, last summer, I was at a point where I was like, okay, is is this it? Or do we do we try to go for something further? And when it was presented to me, I was like, wow. That was the first time I ever really considered the fact that it could be bigger. And now I'm thinking it could be bigger than what this is. Yeah, I know so, that's right. <laughs> so the sky's the limit, you know. I'm just going to continue to learn and grow and get better. And who knows? Yeah, we are here for your involvement. Yes. Thank you. Last question yes, here. Uh-huh. We were talking before about what we did for Thanksgiving, specifically what you did for Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. And you brought up camping. Yes. I think the general consensus do you camp? I've never camped okay. ever. Do you in my camp? Life. I camped before. I don't like camping. <laughs> I so give us the Harrison rundown. Okay. Why are we camping on Thanksgiving? So we've been doing it now for about <laughs> six <Why>? years. <laughs> now, they make fun of me because I say camping. But they say it's glamping. Oh, I love good glamping. Because okay. we we're in a, a cabin. Glam. We got TVs. We yeah, got Wi-Fi. You, go. you know what I'm saying? We're not rough. I've roughed it. Then no count. Don't rough it. <laughs> I've done it. I've done the tent. I've done the camper. And nah. I'm like, I don't need to do it's that. So I've done fun. the bathroom down the way. I don't need to do that anymore. I don't got nothing to prove. <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're camping. We're in the forest. So yeah. great. Yeah. We're in the forest. You're, you're in nature somehow. Yes. Somewhere. It, it counts. I love that. Okay. Nikki Harrison, director of programming and traffic. Yes. I love having this opportunity on Tuesdays to get to know. We've met so many incredible, strong, powerful women who have all made such an impact on this I almost said this program, but this franchise. Yes. And you are no different. So thank, thank you. you for thank being you for in being our here. Hot seat Tuesday. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I just have to say, because I watch all of the podcasts, <laughs> you ladies are fabulous. You thank do you. an excellent job. Jazzy Jazz in the back. Jazzy Jazz. Yes. Working Jazzy. It. I'm, I'm so proud, and, and it's really, really excellent. So keep up the good work. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Nikki Harrison, Woo. everybody. We are going to take our second and final break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit into the Colts, and we're going to talk about some breaking news from the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. doing some singing before that here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, uh, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Jess? Tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academy camps are now open, so don't miss your chance to send your little athlete to camp at AT AT&T Stadium on December 20th and 21st. Register today at dallascowboys.com slash academy and use code XMAS25 to get $25 off. You know I love a good deal, so that makes me happy. Well, the Cowboys made a deal today, although I wouldn't call it a deal. It was uh, a done deal. <laughs> I just know you did not boo me after we talked about mustard on the lettuce. I loved it. No, I'm so proud of the puns that we've been adding in here. You know I love a good pun. I really I love I'm capable of, of saying the puns. That was beautiful. That was beautifully executed. I love that. The point is, the Dallas Cowboys have waived defensive end Terrell Basham, the former third rounder. He was drafted to the Colts back in 2017. He played minimal snaps this season, but he never quite found his footing after getting an injury in that first game against Tampa Bay. So we're not really surprised, I don't think, in in the wave. No. Am I right in saying that? No one's yeah. really surprised? I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised, but I'm still a little like it just, it kind of wasn't, for me, it was unexpected. I, maybe I didn't expect to see his name. Because Terrell Basham is a player. Like, he's, he's, he's a below, I mean, above average player, absolutely, at DN. So, I actually expect for someone to probably pick him up. So, I just, it just shows the depth that you have on this defensive line, especially at DN. And then you brought in Tack McKinley. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something there they saw from him. Yeah, I just think it... The move for me, that is such a hard position room to be in because there's so many weapons. So many humans. You know what I mean? There's so many weapons and there's so many impactful humans. So I kind of feel as if he got the short end of the stick only because of the circumstances he was dealt this season. Injury, not being able to be on the field. Yeah, you just felt too far behind too And you also have Dante Fowler and Sam Williams who have been really stepping up and um you know it's it's just interesting because yesterday during Mike McCarthy's press conference he was asked you know is anybody's 21 practice day window about to be activated didn't really give an answer he told us he would let us know tomorrow right didn't really say yes or no yet however um not surprised to see a move being made this week with the talks of moving people up maybe out of IR um I, I just, yeah, um, I w- we wish him well. We wish him well. <laughs> so that that leads me to my next question. Realistically, and I emphasize that word realistically because we all have our hopes and dreams of what we would like to see on this roster. Sure. But realistically, when we wave Terrell Basham, what does that clear the way for in terms of a roster spot? Oh, man. 
Mm, well, I, I, it depends. Which which way are we taking this? I have no idea of it because <laughs> I truly I heard Brian Broaddus talking about the timeline in which they're looking to elevate Tyron, which doesn't seem like a this week thing. Yeah. So then it's like, well, what, what, what else could possibly be? He could also you be- know a reason why they would be doing this today. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not gonna say. Also, look, <laughs> I'm, not gonna say. I'm, not, I'm not gonna say the obvious thing that's coming to everybody's mind here. But you also have names like James Washington. You also, you know, there's there's other things here. People don't jump to conclusions. But um, it, it's an interesting, I will say, interesting series of events with the timing. That is, I'm gonna say I it. I think it has something to do with Odell Beckham. There you go, Haley. You I'm can say, say it. it. I'm gonna say, I teed you ladies up for, to be in the spotlight. You can say it. <laughs> you didn't want it. I failed. No, I'll take it. <laughs> I didn't want that. Um, so, and, and I think it's interesting too because. You know, yesterday, Stephen Jones was, like, very ominous and not talking about the situation. Jerry came on the radio today talking all about it. Five questions he was asked yeah. about the Odell Beckham Jr. The first was, did the incident in Miami have any impact? Mm, not really. I think that's kind of been, you know, the norm, especially yeah. even Mike McCarthy talked about that earlier. Um, he just talked about, you know, his overall compatibility with the team would be very good. The biggest thing to me is that he's coming for a visit. And I think what stands out to me about the Odell Beckham thing before we kind of transition into um, a quick chat about the Colts, but he's coming here last. You know what I mean? Like he's got Giants, Bills, and then Cowboys. Save the best for last. Save the best for last. Don't let him leave the building. To me, I just feel I just <laughs> Lock feel, it down. Not just, in a bad way. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Don't let him go. <laughs> My Nobody bad. let Aisha in the building. Look, if Odell Beckham, <laughs> you find him tied up somewhere, you know who did it. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> but I just think, you know, all of the stars kind of feel like they're. The, I can't even look the at you. Stars are aligning. You know what I mean? Odell, the star. So just something to hopefully. keep keep an eye out for, and and I, we'll hear from Mike McCarthy one more time tomorrow. Someone is going to ask him about it, so yeah. we'll have a little bit more clarity on that. Um, but before we go, I want to quickly talk about the Colts as we always do on Wednesdays. We'll dive even more into that matchup and what challenges they present. But just off the top, something that has stood out to me, a few weeks ago we were talking about how scary the back half of the season was for the Cowboys, specifically when it came to stopping the run, because the last five or so games of the season, every single one of those teams had running backs that were a threat. It started with Dalvin Cook. Last week was Saquon Barkley. This week will be... Um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, I was going to say Jonathan Jenkins. I don't even know who that is. Not a real person. <laughs> um, but but what's interesting to me is they've sort of met those expectations. And I know the conversation initially was, well, when it came to the Vikings game, it was, well, did they really fix the run defense? They just got out to a big lead and then, you know, were able to, you know, punch the gas ever since. Yeah. And then all of a sudden last week they're holding Saquon Barkley to 39 yards on 11 attempts. So when I look at this, and I asked Malik Cooker about this yesterday just for more clarity, you know, was the Green Bay game a fluke? Was it, you know, what was it? How did you guys adjust that? And he's kind of said it point blank. We've just been doing our assignments. There you go. And something to me that I just thought was so interesting that he added to that as well when it comes to why run defense is really simple when you look at it. He said, if everybody does their job, the run doesn't get through. But when just one person messes up their assignment, it shifts everybody out of whack. Yeah. And he said, up until 
recently, that's been the issue. It's been one person or two person, and not like the same person. He wasn't, you know, pointing fingers or whatever, but it's been one person, two people not hitting that assignment, not getting to their gap, not properly setting that edge. And as a result, now the run's getting through. So my question as we wrap this up, when you look at Jonathan Taylor, he's got nearly 3,000 yards over the last two seasons. He was really impressive last year. This year the Colts have kind of been a hodgepodge of things. Last night he had 20 carries for 86 yards. He did have a touchdown, but he's only got four touchdowns, I believe, this season. Is this another game where we can see the run defense evolve another level? Do we see them thrive a little bit? Do we think Jonathan Taylor is – a struggle just your initial thoughts on that and like I said we'll dive into this more tomorrow he's gonna he's gonna he's a guy that can run at you run at you fast he has cutting ability he has breakaway speed Jonathan Taylor can definitely bruise up your defense but with what's happening with the Colts offensive line it's very odd because I wholeheartedly remember them being one of the better offensive lines but they are really struggling to get pushed up front so if your dbs come and play like they did last week and tackle at the edges if your linebackers continue to play forward um and also too the um dts i felt like played pretty well in this this past game against the giants i think that they can definitely hold him in check also they're going to be looking to lean on the run a lot but what they mm -hmm. have going on at quarterback right <laughs> it's a now mess, girl. It's and, a mess. and they're almost one-dimensional coming into this game so I would definitely see the Cowboys defense ho hopefully having some success against them yeah I think containing the edges is key here and uh for the for the run defense but also when you're looking at the Colts offense as a whole what is their identity right now they don't have one Jeff you, Saturday uh, there you go well <laughs> boo <laughs> no but what I'm saying is you have the Cowboys defense has a very big opportunity to really really amplify and take themselves to the next level not necessarily because of what the Colts have or don't have but because they have another shot at getting the on-the-job practice, preparing them for later on, you know, when the Eagles game does roll around here in the next few weeks. But something else I did want to mention was Jelani Woods, uh, tight end for the Colts, going to be something else I do want to deep dive into tomorrow to talk about because, as my co-host Brandon on the writer's block said, he is like a human giraffe. He was my guy in the so, draft. He was a guy in the draft. And so J. Ron Curse coming back, if he's going to play this week, with yeah. that separated shoulder, that is definitely a uh, well shoulder injury or whatever you had going on. It is a matchup to be looking for because Jelani's yeah. a big guy. Yeah. So well, I'll dive deep into that tomorrow, but just a little little teaser there for what's like to that, come. Jess. Girls talk, boys talk. I tomorrow. love that. Something else I want to talk to, I want us to talk about tomorrow. December football. We've talked a lot about September football, uh, but December football Bundle coming up. up. That's a really good tease. For Ladies, this has been such an insightful, a, such a good conversation. I love sitting here with you ladies and just talking football, talking personnel, talking OBJ, all the good stuff. That'll do it for us here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, but we will see you tomorrow. Be sure to tune in. we got a lot to dive into with this matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. We'll see you then. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!